A week from today, officially, our fall focus begins. This is the third annual fall focus that we at the Franklin Church of Christ have been involved in. We've studied prayer, we've studied the family, and this year we're going to be focusing on the Sermon on the Mount, the Gospel of the Kingdom. As a part of that, each week the lessons on Sunday will be devoted to studies in the Sermon on the Mount. We have several guest speakers that are going to be with us. Andrew Roberts, Robert Davenport, Mike Waters, and Sean Vane, not necessarily in that order. But they'll be with us over the next uh, five weeks. I'll be preaching next week as we kick that off. But today, I thought it might be good for us in preparation for that fall focus to just read the Sermon on the Mount and to help teach each other the principles of the Sermon on the Mount as we sing lessons that correspond with what we're reading. And I really would like for you to think of it that way. When we do these lessons, I don't do these because it makes it easy on me coming up with a sermon. I do these because one of the things that I would like for us to recognize is that while we're singing, we are actually teaching one another. And so this is not an issue of Edwin didn't want to preach a sermon. This is an issue of we are all preaching and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom to one another. We have set out in the back the books that we'll be using for the fall focus. We have a daily reading throughout the week, Monday through Friday, for the five weeks that we'll be going through that. Feel free to go ahead and take your copy of that. Guests, you're also allowed a copy. I do ask this, though, that uh, we take one copy per family. One copy per family, and we ought to have enough to work through the congregation and for our guests throughout this fall focus. But feel free to go ahead and take that home and peruse through that, and we'll start. You can start reading it. It doesn't bother me, but we'll start our focus next Sunday. Today we're going to begin by reading from Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. At this time we're going to sing number 675 from your hymns for worship book. If you would please stand while we sing that hymn. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and place it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to abolish the law and the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great 
in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. At this time, we'll sing number 237, Let the Lower Lights Be Burning. You have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not commit murder. And whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, You good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says, You fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. Make friends quickly with your opponent at law while you are with him on the way, so that your opponent may not hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the officer, and you be thrown into the prison. Truly I say to you, you will not come out of there until you have paid the last cent. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you. For it's better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off and throw it from you. For it's better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It was said... Whoever sends his wife away, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a, wo a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it's the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool and his feet. Or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair of it white or black. But let your statements be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore you are to be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Open your songbooks, please, to number 343, the Hymns for Worship book. Let him have his way with thee. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. So, when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. 
But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you are praying, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You'll turn in your supplemental books to number 129, Hear Me When I Call. Supplemental book 129, Hear Me When I Call. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we put on for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If you would please stand and we'll sing number 249 from the Hymns for Worship book, number 249, Seek Ye First. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he'll not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. Open your hymn for worship book to number 412, God is Love. Number 412, God is Love. Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Then the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And it fell and great was its fall. If you would please open your song books and for worship books to number 360, Standing on the Promises. If you'd like to go ahead and turn in your song books to number 341. 341. We're going to sing this song as an invitation.
There are lots of things that can be said about the Sermon on the Mount. And I think perhaps the greatest thing, the most accurate thing that can be said, is that the Sermon on the Mount is challenging. It doesn't matter how many times we've studied it. It doesn't matter how many times we've read it. It doesn't matter how much we've grown. As we go through the Sermon on the Mount, it is going to produce change if we are studying it honestly and if we are applying it accurately to our lives. We all have room to grow. If we read through the Sermon on the Mount and we study it, devoting our minds, attention to it, and at the end have not changed anything in our lives, then we either need to, one, rejoice that we were already perfect, or two, we need to repent and read it again. And the reality is, it is just an absolutely amazing piece of teaching. And because of that, there are a whole lot of people that have taken the sermon and said, oh, this is really not given to be a standard. This is not given to be something that we're really supposed to follow. It's given to be something to cause us to say that, oh, I just can't do what God wants me to do, and so I need God's grace. And that's just not true. Certainly, it does demonstrate to us that we need God's grace. Absolutely. But this is the gospel of Christ's kingdom. It's the good news that He has for us. This is what it means to be His kingdom citizen. And yet notice that in the very middle of that, in the model prayer that Jesus offered, one of the things that we have to pray is, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Deliver us from evil and lead us not into temptation. This sermon certainly recognizes that we have to rely upon the grace of God. If we're going to do what this says, we have to turn to God. And we have to throw ourselves at His feet and at His mercy. The Beatitudes began with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Halfway through it said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. That's what we need to be hungering and thirsting for. Righteousness. Are you hungry and thirsty for righteousness? Have you fallen short of God's glory, allowing unrighteousness and sin and iniquity and lawlessness into your life, marring what once was a holy and innocent creation of God? Do you hunger for that righteousness to be brought back into your life? Jesus said that there is a narrow way, and that narrow way leads to life. That way is the way of Christ's cross. Jesus died on the cross so that our sins might be forgiven. That we might have that righteousness for which we hunger. Would you like to have that righteousness? Jesus said before He left the earth, go into all the world and teach the gospel. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ who died for you? Then why not walk in the way of His cross, being buried with Him in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life? If we can help you walk in the way of the cross, won't you come right now as we stand and sing this hymn?